All right. Excited to be speaking to you guys this morning. Pastor, let me have the mic, so that's always fun. Scary. Yeah, that's what he says. I say fun. He says scary. That's just how it works. No, it's going to be good. I'm excited for this morning. Hopefully, you guys have already passed your books and got your note cards. Uh, if you didn't, I, su- I really want to suggest you grab a note card, grab something to write down, not because I'm an amazing speaker, but because God has something for you this morning, and I believe it's going to be great. So I want to go ahead and jump right in. Everybody good with that? Perfect. So the thing I want to talk to you guys about this morning, and Pastor asked me a couple weeks ago uh, what it was that I was going to bring, and honestly, I felt like identity was a huge thing that we needed to talk about. And how many of you realize we live in a world right now that has a major identity crisis? Honestly, and I really believe it is so vital that we understand who we are as sons and daughters of God. I believe part of the mission that God has given me for my life is to awaken sons and daughters of God to the purposes of God for their life. And I want to talk to you about that this morning because I believe the world we live in is desperately looking for something new. Now, I don't know about you, but have you noticed the 90s have made a comeback? Anybody else notice that? It's because our world is always looking for something new. The problem is if there's not a new revelation, you simply recycle that that you're familiar with. See, I want to start right there with us as the church because a lot of times if we don't learn to walk in the revelation of who God has called us to be, we will simply rehearse and recycle ideas that have been spoken to us in the past. See, a lot of times we find ourselves limiting how God can use you because of a word someone else spoke over you. And that gets really dangerous with the world that we live in because sometimes those those words are uplifting. Sometimes those words call you to a bigger place. How many of you realize sometimes those words can find you, right? Anybody ever had someone speak a word over you that it wasn't uplifting? Maybe it was you're not going to matter. You don't amount to anything, right? We've all had words like that spoken over us. And it's amazing to me how long those words can hold on if we allow them to. But when we begin to define ourselves by the words of a loving father over you, we begin to truly understand the identity that we possess as sons and daughters of God and what we carry and what we bring into the kingdom of God and to be released on the earth. So I want to tell you a quick story. It's been exciting for me to get to uh, coach. That's fun. I'm coaching third and fourth grade basketball. It's exciting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Pray for me. Uh, We only got one game left, so we're almost there, right? Uh, For real, though, this Saturday, I'm just going to be a little bit of a proud dad for a moment, but I've got a point, I promise. See, this last Saturday, they played one of the best games that they've ever played, and we won like 8 to 30. So I'm proud of my team for that, but here's part of why I'm bragging on it, because the very beginning of the year, we lost like 8 to 30. Okay, (laughs) so we've came a long way in a short amount of time. But here's the thing. When we first started playing, all of the students would come out. They're like, I'm going to play this position. I'm going to do this. And they all came out and tried to define where they needed to be on the court. Y'all need to hear me because a lot of us come out. It's like, okay, God, I want you to use me. I'm going to define how, when, and where you're going to use me, but I want you to use me. See, the difference is once they stopped trying to define themselves on the court and began to let me define where they needed to be on the court, it changed the way we played because it didn't just make them better, it made us better as a team. 
See, and specifically, I'm going I'm to talk about Riker. That's my oldest for a moment. He's playing, and he's like the tallest kid on our team because I'm 6'3", and he's my son, <laughs> okay? Um, but he's a post, and he's been a post. Like, we started, I started him at post, and then one day we're running drills, and I realized I got nine kids on the team, and you're like the top three in ball, and being able to handle the ball. Like, I need you to play up. So we're in a game, and one of my point guards got hurt. So I was like, Riker, okay, I need you to play wing. He's like, I don't know how to play wing. I can't do that. I'm like, no, you can. I've seen you. Like, I've watched you in the front yard. I've watched you. At, and when you're playing basketball with your friends, I've watched you at the park. You can play. You just got to step out and do it. I can't do that, Dad. I'm a post. No, I need you to be a wing. No, I'm a post, Dad. Like, we almost had a family come to Jesus meeting right there in the middle of the game. I was like, my timeout is over. I'm the coach. You're out there. Right? Like, so he went, and he played it. And you know what? He played wing yesterday, and he shot two shots that were amazing. I loved them because they passed it down. He crossed the kid up, went 15-foot jump shot. I was like, that's my fourth grade right there. Y'all see the NBA scouts out, right? It's not like that. It's third and fourth grade. Anyway, that's how I felt about it. But here's my point. When he tried to define himself as a post because people would look at his size and say that's where you're supposed to be, he disqualified him from being the position that his talent would put him. See, there's so many things that you possess as sons and daughters of God that people have looked at your life, they've looked at your mistakes, they've looked at the things you've done wrong or what the world would say, this is the position that you fit. And God's trying to tell you, no, 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 that's not your position. Just because someone put that on you doesn't mean that's where you have to live. I'm calling you out to something bigger. I'm calling you out to something greater. And I want you to hear me today. God is calling you out. But we've got to figure out what he's calling us out to. Because, again, the problem is when we try to define who God created us to be, we get into trouble. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 15. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can you make, salt, can you make it salty again? It is to be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one... I love this. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it can give light to everyone in the house. Guys, you got to hear me today. You are sons and daughters of God, and he has called you not for your gifts to be hidden, but for your gifts to be illuminated. Because when your gift is illuminated, it empowers others to see and move and be who God has called them to be. Do you get that this morning? There is something about the gifts that you possess. Do you understand? God put you on this planet for a purpose. He did not call you here and place you here to hope maybe one day you'll accept him and come to heaven. We've gotten it. I'm sidestep for just a minute. We've gotten it wrong. When we have made everything about salvation, about getting to heaven, when the truth of it, everything about salvation is bringing heaven to earth. It's about releasing heaven on earth through the gifts and talents that God has given you to affect and change your world. Your world is waiting for you to understand who God's called you to be so that it can be the place that he wants it to be. I love that we are compared to salt and light. Here's the thing about salt and light. They're both change agents. You cannot put light in a dark place and it ever be overcome by darkness. Do you understand that? Stop complaining about all the bad things in the world and start being a light in your world. 
Salt is the same way. You can't put salt on food without it changing the taste and the flavor of the food. Now, I'll be really clear, because there is a responsibility that we have, right? As sons and daughters of God, we need to be the example of Jesus to the world. Guys, how many of you cook with salt, right? How many of you guys put salt on your food? Anybody in here have that family member that thought it was funny to unscrew the salt lid and put it back on? Where am I dead? Right? Right, and you dump it, and all of a sudden, it's covered in salt. Is it good? See, this is the thing. You better bring truth to the world that's around you, but you better bring truth with love, because if all you're doing is bringing truth, you're just pouring salt on the wounds of a bleeding, hurting world. And they need to know the truth, but they need to know it in a way that is loving in proportions to where they are right now. See, God has called you, you, to make a difference in the world that he's placed you. You are a change agent in the world. Now, that's great. Now we understand what we're supposed to do, but, I mean, let's pause for just a minute. Who am I to make a difference in my world? Anybody, let's be honest for a moment. Anybody ever ask that question? But who am I to do that? I mean, Jesus, I get. Pastor, I understand that. My community group leader, I get that. But who am I? You are the same person as your community group leader or pastor. You are a person who was obedient because that's it. When we're obedient to what God is speaking to us, God begins to equip you and open doors. See, this is the thing. I'm going to go back to my basketball illustration for just a moment. When God gets you in the right position, all of a sudden, your gifts are awakened. See, there's so many things that you're like, but I don't know that I can do that. Maybe it's because you've been standing in the wrong position for too long, so you're not confident in the gifts and abilities that he's given you. It's time that you step out and stop saying, but God, why me? What if? And start allowing God to use you the way he created you. Because there's something about when your gift is awakened, it begins to awaken the gifts of others around you. You know the thing that I love about coaching is my favorite part? when they start to score. Not because that means we're going to win, because we might lose. But the moment we score the first point, the attitude of the entire team changes. Did you hear me? When we score the first point, the attitude of the entire team changes. Let me ask you, when the person next to you is awakened to the purpose of God in their life, are they the one excited, or does it begin to change the attitude and the atmosphere of everyone in the room? When you are awakened to who God has created you to be, it changes something about every person around you. It begins to unlock something of the potential that they have, because now they want to play harder because of what they see in you. Some of you are like, I'm too old to play basketball. That's okay. I quit talking about basketball a long time ago. There is something in your world that you were created to unlock in the people around you. But we've got to understand the way we unlock that is by, under, is by getting the revelation that it's not about you. It's about him through you. See, Proverbs 28, 
sorry, Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. See, this is the thing, that word unrestrained. Another way you could say that, and, I, and this is my preference here, where there is no vision, the people perish. I know that sounds like way morbid, like why would you prefer that as opposed to unrestrained? Because vision isn't about being able to see something, it's about having a revelation for something. And I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to live a life without revelation behind something because you feel dead inside? There is something about the world that we live in where people are walking around dead inside hoping they can make it and find purpose. And when they get a revelation of who God is and who God has called them to be, it brings life to their situation. It brings life to their family. And it brings hope to everything they come in contact with. We've got to understand who God has called us to be. And it is bigger than merely getting by and trying to find our place. We've got so many people in the world doing everything they can to try to discover themselves. The problem is, you didn't create you, so you can't tell yourself how you were made. The only way you're truly going to discover yourself is by discovering who God is in you and awakening the gifts that he's given you. See, there's a few verses I'm going to throw at you really quick because I want, want you to get this. I keep talking about your sons and daughters of God. I keep talking about who we are in Christ. But anybody ever been told you were something that you had a hard time believing? How many of you realize just because I'm telling you you're a son and daughter of God, you've got to walk out of here and believe it yourself? Now, here's the thing about believing it. If, if the Bible says it, we should believe it, right? What if it says it a couple times? What if it says it seven or eight times? If you see something repeated throughout the Bible, there's probably a chance you should pay attention. I don't know. Like, I remember when I was a kid, if my parents told me over and over and over, I needed to listen because I was about to really miss something. Right? Generally, it was like, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. Boy, clean your room. See, Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. How do we become children of God? Through your faith in Jesus Christ. See, understanding how you access the things God has given you is vital to being everything God has created you to be. How do we access the things God's given us? Through our understanding of Jesus Christ. See, again, it's not about you, it's about him. When we understand it's all about him, it unlocks something inside of us. 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. There is a revelation of Father that is amazing that comes in the New Testament. Do you realize throughout the Old Testament, God is your healer, he's your provider, he's, your, he's everything you need. And then New Testament, Jesus shows up. And he brings a revelation of God like no revelation that's ever came before because now he's Abba, Father. See, this is the thing. You need to understand Jesus ushered in a revelation of the Father heart of God to the world around you. That is why we use terminology like we're brothers and sisters, right? I know we can go really cheesy with that, but there is something about understanding we are the family of God. We are the, fa hear me, we are the family of God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have that uncle? Faith, no comment. 
right? That, right, you all, you've got that person in the family. It's like, yeah, we know. We've got one of them on Jana's side. It's like when we go to visit them, it's like, all right, kids, whatever they say, just don't repeat it. Right? Like, we just know. But why do we visit them? Because they're family. You with me? How many of you realize if we understand that we are all the family of God, that person you just can't stand to be around? Hmm. They're family. You hear me? Maybe there's something we need to check inside of us. Because, hear me, there's something that God has called you to that's unlocked when you get around people that you don't always want to be around. Sometimes the person that rubs you wrong the most is the person that God has put in your life because you need them the most. See, we've got to understand there is something being awakened when we understand that we are truly sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, verse 15 through 25. You can go read the whole thing. I'm not going to give you all of that, but I want to give you a couple portions. Sorry, verse 15. It says, so... You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own child. Now we call him Abba Father. Verse 16, for the spirit joins with our spirit and affirms that we are God's children. Verse 17, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. You have the authority of heaven because you are sons and daughters of God. You know what I love is that portion of scripture is almost completely repeated in Galatians 4 verses 4 through 7. Almost completely. There is something we need to understand about the revelation of God as your father. You are sons and daughters of God. That means you have access to the authority of heaven everywhere you go. Some of y'all are probably, I'm going to get hate mail for this. There was a time, it's been a couple years back, my oldest got mad because he didn't like some of the rules that we were asking of him, and he was moving out at seven, right? I'm moving out. That's it. I'm like, okay, where are you going to go? He's like, I'm going to find a place. I said, okay, go pack your bag. He went in his room. He got his bag. He put his coat on. He put his favorite toys in. I loaded him up. I said, all right, let's go. I drove him down the street a couple blocks. And I said, does this look good? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, hop out. He hopped out of the car. I didn't leave him. Don't, don't, some of y'all already getting mad. Don't worry. I didn't leave him, but I said, okay, hold on. What do you got in the bag? He said, all my stuff. I said, all your stuff. Open the bag. Let me see what you got. And he started pulling stuff out. He's like, this is my favorite truck. This is my blanket. This is my dog. This is, you know, all of his stuff. And I was like, I remember that truck. I got you that for your birthday. Say, okay, let's separate this. Everything you bought, keep. He's looked at me. Well, and I said, son, I want you to understand something. Everything in that bag is yours. The coat you have on is yours. The bag it's carried in is yours. Not because you bought and paid for it, but because you're my son and because I love you. That being said, it's my job to protect you. So there will be times I say things and do things that you aren't going to like, but it's not because I'm trying to be mean to you. I'm trying to teach you something. See, and I went on to him, there's something you've got to understand the rest of your life. You carry two names. You need to hear me today. You carry two names. The name that goes in front of you, your first name, that's how people know you. 
Then you carry a second name, Nisan. That's how people know your family. See, everywhere you go, your name comes first. But when you leave, they remember the family that you're a part of. And I didn't say that in a negative way, like don't make us look bad. What I was saying is what you need to understand is everywhere you go on earth, you are leaving a mark and a legacy. Guys, you need to hear me because you don't just carry your first name anywhere you go. You have two names. You have the name that people call you, and you have the fact that you are the son and the daughter of the heavenly father, and that name comes with you everywhere you go. It gives you access to things that he's bought and paid for that you never have to buy. How many of you realize there are people you know in your work, in your family, and they need the things that Jesus has bought and paid for with his life. But the only way they're going to have access to it is when they come in contact with the son who's carrying a revelation, the daughter who's carrying a revelation. See, we've got to understand the word of God is to empower you, not to limit you. It's to help define you. I love Jesus because when he began to speak, I love when Jesus was tempted. How did he reply? He didn't reply with, I'm the son of God. He replied with scripture. He knew that who he was was defined by the words of God. How do you respond when attack comes against you? Do you reply with who God has called you? Or do you reply with the insecurities of man? See, there's something that we carry, and when we understand that those are defined by God, I love it because Jesus was such, I mean, he, he just didn't care. I love it. Like, people would come at him, and he was so quick, and he knew Scripture so well, he would just be able to come back, with, come back at stuff. Check this out. This is a, woo, I just lost all my notes. Praise Jesus. We're preaching now. There we go. They're back. Thank you, Jesus. First John 10, verse 31, says, once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. I mean, you got people aren't trying to stone you every day. Jesus said, at my father's direction, I have done many good works for which, you are for which one are you going to stone me, right? They're like, we're going to kill you for blasphemy. He's like, I've done all these good things. Which one of them is it that's a problem, right? He goes on, and they, it says, they replied, we're stoning you not for any good work that you did, but blasphemy. You are a mere man, and you claim to be God. Jesus replied, it is written in Scripture that God said to certain leaders, I say you are God's, and you know the Scripture cannot be altered. So if those people who, were, who received God's message were called God's, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the Son of God? See, I want to pause right there because the first one I heard that said they called him what? See, he's referencing Exodus 7, where God sent Moses to Pharaoh, and he told Moses, I'm going to make you as a God to Pharaoh, and what I'm going to do is give you the revelation of heaven. And he goes on and he says that Aaron will be your prophet. Aaron will speak for you, and you'll carry the revelation. See, I love that because not only is Jesus throwing it back and saying, what do you mean? I can't be the son of God. If God could do this then, he can do so much more now. And he goes on and he begins, I want to make sure I say it right. 
Verse 36, why do you call it blasphemy when I say that I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and he sent me into this world. Do not believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miracles, miraculous works that I have done. Even if you don't believe, when you know and understand that my Father is in me and that I am in my Father, he goes on. I, I love this because what he's saying when he's talking, he says, look, you don't have to believe me. Look at the evidence of my life. Look at what I carry to the world around me. You can see that I'm the son of God by what I carry and release to my world. People should know that we are sons and daughters of God by what we carry and what we release to our world. John 13, 35 says this, your love one for another should prove to the world that you are my disciples. The way we interact with the world around us should release something of heaven into your world. You carry the authority of heaven everywhere you go as sons and daughters of God. Why? Because the Son of God came and he paid it all for us to have relationship with the King who created all of heaven and earth. So you have the authority of heaven through the relationship that we possess through Jesus Christ. Do you understand? We discount salvation so often. We, we're like, yep, I accepted Jesus in my heart. I said a prayer. We don't really pause to realize what was paid on the cross for us to be sons and daughters of God, for us to carry the authority of heaven. There was a price that no one else could pay that was paid by Jesus Christ. Do you understand that today? See, there's something about the weight of the cross that we've lost in the culture that we live in today. And we understand grace. And we understand God can forgive me, but we don't understand the price that comes with grace. Because with grace comes a huge responsibility to use it wisely. To be that example of Jesus to the world around you, your grace empowers you now to walk with the authority of heaven because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. You are sons and daughters of God, not because you're so special, not because you did anything miraculous, but because he did and because of the grace that we can experience through a loving father. Stop making it about you. I've got to stop making it about me. All of us, we've got to stop making it about how far I can go in life. What, what can I do in life and understand what is God wanting to do in life through you? Because we spend so much time trying to make a name for ourselves, make a life for ourselves. And if I can work this job and get this much money and do this, then I've made it. Let me just tell you, I don't care how big your house is. I don't care how much money you've got in the bank. When you sit there and realize it's worthless, You'll come to the understanding quickly that somewhere along the line you've missed it. See, there was a, I saw this quote the other day from the philosopher Keanu Reeves. No, for real, he, he said a quote, he said, I wish everyone could have as much fame and success as they could ever desire because then they would truly understand it will never make them happy. That's huge. We set our sights on so many things that if I can achieve this, I can be somebody. If I can achieve this, 
I can be somebody. Do you, do you understand? I just got up here and bragged on my son because of the two awesome jump shots that he made this weekend. But there was a lot of shots he took that he missed. I didn't get up and brag about those because those don't matter. It's the ones he made that did. How many times have you missed it in your life and thought, I'm not qualified because I've missed it? I can't tell you how many times we drove, into, drove to a game, and he's like, Dad, I don't know. And I'm like, just take the shot. He's like, but what if I miss it? I don't care if you miss it. I want you to shoot. I'm telling you, God is looking at your life. He's like, I don't care if you miss it. Just try. I don't care if you miss it. Just try. God doesn't want to see any of you fail. He's waiting for the moment he can celebrate because you stepped out and did what he asked you to do. So many times we look and it's like, God just gives me chance after chance after chance just because he doesn't want to give up on me. No, he's giving you chance after chance after chance because he's looking for opportunities to celebrate you. There is something that God created you for. What do you carry to release to your world? Because it's going to look different for every single one of us in here. I can't give you that this is exactly what you do. You know what I can give you? Is this is exactly who he is. And when we allow ourselves to truly learn the heart of God, then we begin to understand what that is about our world. Now, truly understand the heart of God. I don't want this to sound cryptic at all. I really do want you to walk out of here knowing what the next step is for your life. What are the gifts that you've had that you've been too scared to step out in? What are the dreams that God's given you that thought, I don't know that I could ever... That dream's my dream because there's no way God's calling me to something like that. That's probably the very dream that God's calling you to, and that's why it scares you to death because it's bigger than you ever thought you were capable of, of accomplishing. But you've got a heavenly father on the sidelines saying, just take the shot. Guys. We've got to understand God is unlocking something, and the dreams and the visions that we carry are not just there to keep us entertained and occupied. They're there to make a difference in the world that he's given you. See, we started this thing early at the beginning of this year with our students. We, we told them, pick six people that you're going to pray for this year. And there's this theory, this study, whatever, that supposedly everybody in the world is connected by like six people. So I thought, hey, I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds cool. Let's do a six-man challenge. Pray for six people. If those six people get saved, then they pray for six people. We're going to affect a lot of people. Are you with me? And I started thinking about this, and I was like, you know what? Six people. That's kind of interesting. And, and I started thinking about it. I was like, well, let's pick a pop star. It's like Justin Bieber or somebody, right? Let's see. And then I started thinking. I was like, I don't know him. Anybody in the room? Know, not, nobody in here knows him that I know of. But then I realized, wait, he's got this pastor that he hangs out with all the time. I don't know that pastor either. But I know somebody who does. And it's like, hey, that's like, that's like three people between me and Justin Bieber. That's pretty cool, right? You with me? Like, I almost know him. Right? And I was like, okay, let's go somebody famous. My boys love to watch cowboy shows, right? So I'm like, okay, let's go somebody famous. And I start thinking, like, John Wayne. Right? John Wayne, right? And I start, <laughs> never mind. I started thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't know anybody related to John Wayne. How am I supposed to do that? You know what? We're at a chamber event, and we're recognizing this family, 
And they're like, oh, and by the way, John Wayne's daughter's going to come because they're close friends. I'm like, what? I almost know him too. I think he's dead now, but I know his family. Right? And there's all these connections. I'm like, you know what? I thought of this one the other night. I was like, okay. Those, that's U.S. Let's, let's branch out. Let's go to the queen. Who knows the queen? Then last week, pastor's up here talking. He's like, hey, we've got Steve Uppel coming next week. He was just at the House of Lords or something like that. I don't know if that's close to the queen, but it sounds like it. So I'm sure somebody in the House of Lords probably knows the queen. Like, we're, like we could probably fit six people in there, right? Here's my point. Because y'all are like, where did he go? I promise. There's a point. I promise there's a point. As the band starts to come back up, I'll get to my point. God did not put you on this earth to give you dreams that you could never accomplish. He put you on this earth to surround you with people that you were meant to impact. Who are the people in your five-foot circle? Who are the six people that you can impact that can begin to change the world right here, right now, today? That you can write down six names of this person I'm going to believe for a salvation in their life. This person I'm going to believe for rest restored marriages in their life. For this person I'm going to believe for God to do whatever. Find them a home. Get them out of poverty. Whatever it is that you're praying and believing God for. Who are the six people that you're wanting God to change this year because you're praying on their behalf? See, God's given you a lot bigger reach than you could ever imagine because we tend to think that our reach is limited to what we can think of, but your impact is a ripple effect. Do you realize that? There are people on this planet that will be impacted that you will never know because you impacted one person. Stop discounting the people in your circle and understand there are connections beyond you and people beyond you that are waiting for you to come alive to the purpose of God in your life. Last verse I have for you. It's Romans 8, verse 19. For the anxious longing of all creation awaits the revealing of the sons of God. Your world literally is waiting for you to understand who God's called you to be. The world around you is waiting for you to step in to the anointing that God's put on your life. The surrendering to the dreams that God's put in your heart. The willingness to set about and be obedient and say, you know what? I only sing in the shower, but I feel like God's calling me to try out for the worship team. I'm sorry, Chrissy. You know, I understand there's a lot of things that we're like, that's a dream in my heart. And there's sometimes we start to walk that out and realize, no, that was just me. And then there's other times we realize, but that was God. And sometimes you've got to walk it out to figure out the difference. Because sometimes it's just something you're excited about. Sometimes it's bad pizza. But sometimes it is a dream that God's put in your heart and it awakens something. You know how you know the difference? Hey, that would be cool. Hey, I think people would really like, look at me if I did that. That's probably you. But if you have a dream that's like, man, I don't know, that terrifies me. That's probably the God dream. I don't know if I could accomplish something that big. I mean, who am I to do that? That's probably the God dream that he put in your life. Because he's always calling you to something bigger than you. 
See, that's the beauty of salvation is it's not just about you. It's about you awakening, you being awoke. Oh, how do I say that? <laughs> Awoken, that didn't sound right. You being awakened, there we go, thank you, to the purpose of God for your life. So here's what I want to ask. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in here today and you say, the truth of it is I've had so many things go on in my life. And I've allowed them to limit the voice of God for my life. And today, I know I just need to take a step, whatever that looks like. Maybe today I need to accept Jesus as the Lord of my life. Maybe today I need to get signed up to be a part of a group of people that I can grow and learn. Maybe today you just need to forgive yourself for the very thing that you've been battling and disqualifying yourself. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Today's the day you take a step. Today's the day you take the shot. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. God, I pray right now for every person who had the courage to lift their hand. God, that you would awaken something in our hearts today. That we would truly know that we were created to be the sons and daughters of God. That we would walk out of here today understanding we carry the authority of heaven everywhere we walk. And that we would make an impact in the lives of all of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.